Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. So glad you could join us. You're listening to our special Vision Weekend message. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. To see your lovely half faces this morning. Um, uh, so, hey, today, super special day. Every person in the building, every person online. Uh, this is our Vision Weekend. Come on, somebody. So we do a thing uh, here at church where once a year we come together and we just ask God, God, what is the vision that you have for us for this next year? God, where are you leading us as we head into a brand new year? Uh, Now, the reason we do this in September is because uh, for us here at Kingdom Church, we kind of mark our years September to September. And the reason that we do that is because our church actually started in September 2018. And uh, next week, we're partying, we're celebrating three years of God's faithfulness. So, hey, I want to encourage you, uh, if you are here next week, be here next week, because we are going to party, and it's going to be a good time. But that's how, uh, because we started in September, that's how we measure years, from September to September. And so what we're doing today, um, before we look back, because I guess... Looking back is all about celebration next week. We're going to look forward uh, this week to all that God has for us as we build into this um, vision for us as a church. Now, uh, if you guys are a part of Kingdom Church, uh, you'll probably realize like, hey, wait a second. Um, Most weeks, Harrison gets us to stand up. And he reads the opening passage of scripture. And Kim was even ready playing on the keys uh, for that moment. Uh, But if you notice that we didn't do that astute observation, uh, if you didn't notice, that's okay. And if you're new here, hey, we love you. So glad you could be here. But yeah, we usually read an opening passage of scripture. The reason I didn't today uh, is because I have, um, did I call you Kim? I think I called you Kim. That's Claire. Can you give it up for Claire, everyone? We got to pray. We got to pray for Kim. Kim's not even here today. Um, (laughs) I love you, Claire. I don't know why I was calling you Kim. Um, It's Kim on the keys. It's not on the keys. Kim is usually on the keys sometimes, but anyways, I'm just going to preach today. Can I just preach? I'm not going to name any of you guys by name. You got masks on. It's very confusing now. Um, <laughs> anyways, we don't have an opening scripture today because uh, I have a very, very long passage of scripture uh, for, our, for our vision weekend today. Now, um, a question that I generally will ask Christy, my wife, if I have a whole bunch of stuff that I want to tell her, I'll say, hey, Chris, um, I'll say, you want the good news? Or you want the bad news? And generally, she won't really answer. She'll just say, tell me what you have to tell me. Um, so church, uh, I got a big, long passage of scripture, but I, I got to ask you a question. You guys want the good news or you want the bad news? <laughs> now, the thing is this. When it comes to Christy, I pretty much just tell her whatever I feel like telling her. And so regardless of what you guys said, I was going to start with the good news anyways. Um, And then we're going to get to the bad news, but the bad news makes the good news even better. So uh, this is a part of our Vision Weekend scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. Perhaps you've heard this before. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Come on, somebody, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So Jeremiah 29, 11, pretty famous Christian verse. It's a beautiful verse. I know the plans I have for you. I know maybe some of you guys are thinking like, wow, that'll make a beautiful tattoo of my rib cage. I know the plans I have for you. 
Some of you guys are thinking about posting Instagram this week, like, caption it, the Lord has plans for me. Um, and it's a beautiful verse. It truly is. But I also happen to believe it's one of the most taken out of context verses in the entire Bible. And what we're going to do today is we're going we're gonna to get to that part because that good news is true. I want you to understand God has a plan. God has a hope. God has a future. But everything that happens in verses 11 to 13 is built on what comes before. And we're going to see it's kind of bad news. But before I get to that bad news, I want to talk a little bit about vision. Can I talk about vision? So as I said, as a church, we always come together in September. We ask God, God, what is the vision for our church? And uh, two years ago, some of you guys were here, maybe you remember, but our vision two years ago was for the one, right? We just said, hey, whatever happens, we're going to be for the one. The biggest thing that we can do is think small. So we're going to think of one person who needs God's faithfulness, one person that needs to hear a message of hope. And so our vision two years ago was for the one. Last year, last September, um, it was markedly different. Now, the beauty of kind of having these September visions is it allows me to document time. It allows me to look back and know where things were. So this may encourage you. This may discourage you. Um, but last September was very, very similar to this September. Uh, like last summer was filled with hope. COVID was kind of gone. This summer filled with hope. COVID was kind of gone. And then September came and things started to go crazy again. And so we're kind of in the same situation as last year. And so I don't know if that encourages you or discourages you. It doesn't really matter. I'm just letting you know. And so last September, um, our vision was a little bit different. We said, God, how do we move forward in the time? How do we move forward in the season where things are so crazy? Like, how do you plan? And so we just felt like God gave us a vision last year. It was so simple. It was just speak, Lord. That was it. Right? We said, hey, it's going to be a year of faithfulness. We don't know what's next. We don't know what it's going to look like, but God, speak. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Anyone remember that? That was our vision from last year. And you need to understand something. Lord, have mercy. It was so, so needed. You guys may have forgotten this. Maybe you're trying to forget it. But like, uh, as a church, we had two different times where we went into lockdown for extended periods of time. There's a time when we had one service, no service, two services. Rules are constantly, continually changing. No masks, masks, shields. No, And the truth is this. It was kind of crazy. And for a lot of our lives, it was kind of crazy. It's like, I don't know what's next. I don't know what school looks like. I don't know what work looks like. And so I just look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, what a vision that God gave us last year. Speak, Lord. Because you need to understand, it, it was needed because I didn't always know what to do. We, we don't always know what to do. We had to ask weird questions, like if you're in the drum cage, do you need a mask? <laughs> Jeremiah doesn't talk about that. <laughs> so we just say, speak, Lord. You, you may not know this because I know we live in a pretty utopian church here, um, but there's actually people in this church that are on completely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of beliefs, in terms of comfort level, in terms of fears, non-fears. You, you guys might think we're all the same. We're not. And another thing to tell you guys, I'm not God. And that means I also exist on the spectrum. And I lean certain ways. And so in those times, in those moments where I, I want to go one way or the other way, all I can do is say, speak, Lord. And that was our vision for last year, and it was just so needed. 
And I just found so many times, I'm not saying that I, I listen to the voice of God every time. I'm not saying I'm always perfect. But one of the ways I think that I was following God is that there were so many situations where I did what I didn't want to do. And oftentimes, God will lead me to the place I don't necessarily want to go. And so I just had to listen to his voice. And I know for a lot of us, we just had to listen to his voice. And so I think that it was so needed in that sense. I also think this idea of speak, Lord, was needed in this idea of flexibility. You guys probably know this, but the world is changing rapidly, like, like faster than ever before. Um, we, ha we had summer interns this year, and um, the, the range is kind of like, I think I'm like five years older than Chase or maybe nine years older than Sid or eight years old. Like, it's not a big gap. But one thing that I saw was like, even within five years, like this cultural shift, the way that their generation saw things as opposed to mine. I don't know if things have flipped that fast in the history of the world, where five years is so different. But a lot of us and young people, maybe you don't notice it because you're kind of just living it. But parents, I think you notice it. The world is rapidly changing. People are thinking differently. Culture is moving so fast. And so one thing that church has been kind of, it's is kind of been against us in the past is that we get so stuck doing things the way we've always done them. And what happens is a church that is at a standstill kind of becomes irrelevant in a culture that's constantly changing. And so I just believe so wholeheartedly as I look back, it's like, man, we needed this vision. Speak, Lord. God, what do you have me to do? Because you need to understand something. The message of Jesus is constant. The gospel does not change but our methodologies must. And if you're not willing to change how you reach people, you'll become irrelevant. Organizations, churches that refuse to change become museums to past eras. You guys ever been into a church? You're like, what happened? How am I in 2003 all of a sudden? It's because they're not changing. And so one of the things that I found so needed was just this idea, God, where are you going? Like literally from December to January, you guys may not remember this, but within a span of four weeks, we went from one service to no services to two services. It was a constant flux. I'm calling Drell. Like, I don't know what to do, bro. So speak, Lord. And what I just found was that when we called on God, he answered. Now, the reason I'm telling you guys is this, because we're entering into a new vision season. And I want to let you know that the vision that God gave for us last year provided for the entire year. The reason I'm telling you guys this is because I want you to understand that Jesus is faithful, that Jesus is on the throne, that Jesus is in control. Listen, some of, some of us are asking, when, when the world is going upside down, when things are getting crazy, where is God? I'll tell you where God is. He is where he's always been. He's on the throne. He reigns above it all. He is enthroned on our praises. So I'll tell you something. God cannot, will not, is not ever caught off guard. <laughs> In 2020, Jesus didn't go on a vacation. Well, I hope they figure it out down there. I hope there's a cure. I hope they have. He wasn't caught off guard. He's not confused. He is where he's always been. He's reigning above it all. And for anyone who comes and seeks his name and seeks his purpose, he will make himself known. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. And you need to understand, as a church, we're always for the one. And we will always and continually move forward saying, speak, Lord. But I just believe that God has a fresh vision for us this year. And it's different than last year. And it's good news, but it has some bad news attached to it. So um, I'm going to read Jeremiah again. 
uh, in, in a moment, but I'm going to give you guys some context of the book. It's an Old Testament book. Uh, if you're new to the Bible, the Bible has two testaments, the New Testament and the Old Testament. Old Testament is before Jesus. So this is kind of old. And in the Old Testament, this book was written by a man named Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is what they call a prophet. And really what a prophet was is they were just a messenger of God. So God would give a message to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah would relay that message to the people. And where we pick it up in Jeremiah 29, the context is this. Jeremiah is sending a message to a group called the Israelites. The Israelites are the people of God, um, and, and what has happened is that they have been taken into captivity. They're living in Babylon uh, as captives in a foreign land. And so as you can imagine, living um, in this foreign land, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, does not want to be there. So they have this deep longing. I need you to get this. They have this deep longing inside of them to go back to the way things were. I just wish we could go back to Israel. I just wish life could go back to normal. And so it's in this moment where the Israelites so badly want to go backwards. I just wish things were the way they were. That all of a sudden these people, we'll call them false prophets, that's who they were, they began to relay messages to the Israelites. And they would say, hey, don't worry about it. God's going to come get you in a few weeks. Don't worry about it. This isn't going to last very long. You're going to be back home soon. It's okay. False prophets. You guys, type in YouTube and type in Prophet March 2020. You'll find some funny stuff. There's a guy trying to blow away COVID. Go look it up. It's hilarious. But there was these prophets, you guys following, that told Israel, hey, it's, don't worry about this season. It's not going to last. It's temporary. It's fine. Israel despises where they are because you need to understand something. When you think you are not where you are supposed to be, you will always despise it. If you don't think you're in the proper spot, proper place, proper, you will always despise it. And so Israel thought, this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not where we were meant to be. And so before we get to the good news of Jeremiah 20 and 11, here is the message from God that, as you will see, would have been very bad news. Jeremiah 29, 4, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses. And settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that you too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there and do not decrease. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I carried you into. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. This is really important. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name, and I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are complete from Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. So God comes with the real message. The prophets, and I love that part, don't let them encourage, don't let them, don't, do not let the prophets and deceivers um, deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. That's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. It means whatever I want, I'll hear it. And so the prophet's like, I know what they want. 
I can, get some, I can get some good stuff. Yeah, Jesus is coming. He says, forget that. Instead, he says, build houses, marry, have children. In other words, you're going to be here for a while. Now, the number 70, um, it's not necessarily literal. It's more this idea of a number of completion. Seven in the Bible is always about completion. And so what Jesus is saying, he's saying, you're going to be here until my purposes are complete. So don't listen to what they say. Now, you need to understand this was devastating news for the Israelites. This was devastating news for a group, for a nation that so desperately just wanted things to go back to normal. Now, you need to understand something. I prepared this message before anything happened this week. But I have a word from the Lord that came before, and it's really only been confirmed. We're not going back. I know it kind of it sucks. It doesn't sound good, but we're not going back. I, I know it's the September blues, but we're not going back. This is, and I know we hate this term, this is the new normal. But here's what I want you to understand, and I'm not just speaking about COVID. Because what has happened, and I kind of referenced it already, I think that as a world and as a society, specifically in the last five to six years, we've kind of been on a downhill. And what I mean by that is we're tumbling so fast, we're picking up so much momentum, things are just changing so rapidly. And what I mean by that is that policies are changing rapidly, ideologies are changing rapidly, thought processes are changing rapidly. It's not just COVID. So you need to understand when COVID came in March 2020, all COVID did was put a little match on the gasoline. The world, I need to understand this, it was crazy before. And it's going to be crazy after. And so what happens so many times for the people of God is that we long to go back to this semblance or this idea of what we perceive to be normal. But I just felt like God said, we're not going back. We're not going back. Listen to this. Canada, if you guys don't know this, Canada is increasingly and pretty much full-blown. We're a post-Christian culture. And what that means is that Christianity is not the dominant thought process of Canadians. It's just not. But I just happen to believe that if God is who he says he is, it doesn't really matter what people believe. Truth is truth. And so I just happen to believe that each and every one of us is created by a creator. And what that means is as a created being, I don't have to worship God. I can come here to church and close my mouth and shut my eyes and say, I don't really care about this. You can do whatever the heck you want to do. But if you are created in the image of God, you will worship something. In fact, you have to worship something because you were created to worship. And so what we see in a culture that has rejected God is a culture that is finding other things to worship, finding other things to put their hope in. So what happened in March 2020, a secular culture that had no God is now looking to politicians to be God. And they're putting their hope in them. Well, as long as, as, long as they're in power, we should be okay. Well, if the election works out next week, things should get better. It's not getting better. Because you're worshiping the wrong thing. And that's where our culture is going. And that's why I said COVID is irrelevant. The more post-Christian we become, the more crazy it's going to get. Because it's not just politics. We live in a culture that worships sexuality as their God. And so you better not speak out against anybody's God, which is sexuality. And we're really, when I said that COVID put gasoline on the fire, all it really did in March 2020 and beyond um, was brought us together. You guys remember like the old brought us together, the utopian commercials from March 2020? Everyone like zooming their parents and smiling. 
love being inside. Like just, you guys remember those commercials? How, how long did that last? Because what happened is that when the world shut down, it brought everyone together literally, but it brought this chaotic world together where all of these competing ideas, all of these crazy ideologies were brought into a room and suddenly everyone wants to be right. Suddenly everyone wants to have an opinion. And so what happens is that the world, and I'm trying to say this because I'm not, I'm not prophesying that COVID's gonna be here forever. It's gonna be a while though, but the world's not going back in any semblance. And so it is in this context that God gives the message in Jeremiah 29. He says, this is what the Lord God Almighty of Israel says. I carried you into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. So here's our vision for 2021 and into 2022 for the next 12 months. It's so simple. It's just build. We're going to build. I said we're going to build. Today marks a brand new season for every single person that calls Kingdom Church home. We are beginning, we're going to begin to build. And I'm actually so excited to let you know that you just came here, you didn't even know it. I'm starting a brand new series, all about building. It's going to be five or six weeks all about building, because this is what God is calling us to do in a culture and a society. And for most of us that want to go back, that want to escape, that don't want things to be this way, God is calling us to build. Because you need to understand, the majority of us, when things are uncertain, when things get crazy, our natural inclination and our natural response is to pause. Right? Well, I'm not going to look too far ahead. I'm not going to go to school, perhaps. I'm not really going to invest in work. I'm just going to pause. And I'm going to wait until things get back to normal. Can I tell you something? Um, I, I went back to the gym. Uh, in like April, which was like the worst timing ever. Because uh, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to build. I'm going to do it. And uh, literally, uh, th there was a second lockdown, third lockdown, whatever lockdown we're in, uh, in May. And my gym was closed. And then after that, I began to have this kind of perception where I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not really going to get into it because I don't want it to close again. I don't want to go through the roller coaster. I don't want to go through the up and down. Um, but what's happened is that the gym has been open for five months. And I just began to think, like, what could I look like if I was dedicated to something for five months? <laughs> if I was building something for five months? Listen, you need to laugh, but I know a lot of you guys have been on pause for 19 months. Because you're not looking forward, you're just constantly trying to go back. Just back to the way that things were. But you need to understand, I just happen to believe in the sovereignty of God. And if I actually believe in the sovereignty of God, I can always go forward. Look at this, Jeremiah 29, 4. Again, this is really important. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. To, tho uh, to those I carried. Did God take them there? No, Re read the book of 2 Kings. They're taken there by the Babylonians in chains. Yet in Jeremiah, what's God saying? God's saying, I carried you. You see, there's a, there's a theological thing that I want to bring out here. No matter what happens in life, God reigns above it all. 
And no matter what happens in life, God's purposes and God's plans will be carried and taken through. And so what I'm saying, I don't believe for a second, you can say that COVID is a random disease, a government made it up, it's a conspiracy. I don't care what the heck you believe. I'll tell you the higher food chain, Jesus reigns above it all. And so what that means is if he did not want COVID to be here, it wouldn't be here. Let me say it again. If he didn't want COVID to be here, it wouldn't be here. But it's here. And so what God, if God did not want the Israelites to be in captivity, they wouldn't be in captivity. Read, the other, read before that in the Old Testament. People mess with Israel, he sniped them down. But he had a plan and a purpose for them in captivity to build. And so what I want you to understand is that even in the very worst things in life, and again, I'm not even saying that Jesus is orchestrating the worst things. What I'm saying is that he reigns above it all. So here's the point I want you to understand as we, as, as we kind of move into this vision. Just write this down. With Jesus in control, I can always move forward. With Jesus in control, I can always move forward. You want to know why? Because I just happen to believe the words of the song that we sing in this church. That God is going to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. I just happen to believe that. And so if there is absolutely nothing that can stop the plans and the purposes of God, why am I at a standstill? Why am I not moving forward? You need to understand, if there's a promise that Jesus gives to Peter when he says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. If you and I are a part of the church and if we are in Christ, guess what? There's no stopping us. The gospel's going forward. The message of Jesus is pushing forward. So with him in control, I can always move forward. And here's a secular principle that I want to take to the church. The future always belongs to the innovators. It's as simple as that. If you look at any big company over the last 18 months, I have not seen one innovative company that has gone backwards. They're going through the roof. I know maybe you're an Amazon hater. You can hate or you can appreciate. Amazon has grown 31% since COVID started to over $300 billion. Why? Because the future belongs to the innovators, to the people that say, whatever happens, I'm going forward. And it's weird that people that, and I don't know about Jeff Bezos, I hope he's safe. Um, but it's just funny that people that don't follow God many times have this mindset of moving forward no matter what. But us in the church a lot of times, like, I'm just going to hold back. I'm just going to wait. I just, want, I just want things to go back to the way they were. God's calling us to move forward. And so I just began to wonder, like, what if as a church we could say, no matter what, I'm charging forward? In our lives, what could it look like if we said, I'm charging forward, I'm pushing forward. The gates of hell, though they may come against me, I'm pushing forward. So here's the thing. I hate the term new normal because it's stupid. <laughs> but I want to encourage you. We are moving forward to a new normal. But do not let anyone define what new normal is for you. Because for a lot of us, your new normal is kind of just an old so let's push forward and say, God, what are you calling me to build in this next year? What if this became the year of the Bible? Like, God, this is the year I'm going to build into myself. I'm going to actually read your word. And I'm going to see, wow, there's actually amazing things, even in the book of Jeremiah 29, that can inspire me for today. So I'm going to build this year because I'm not going back. Maybe for some of us, it's time to pray for the first time in our life. And I'm not talking about prayers when you're sick or prayers when you're angry. I'm talking about simple devotions. 
to say, God, I'm just trying to build something this year. And so I want to ask you a question. What are you going to build this year? What are you going to push forward to? What's going to be the new normal that you define? And so listen, I'm super excited to let you know as a church, right now, we're building. we kind of been thrown off for like a year. But today marks the day that we are launching Kingdom Cruise, our small groups. Now, we've had some like soft launches, cancellations, a lot of stuff in the last year and a half. Guess what? We're pushing forward. And the best part is this. We're not just pushing forward. We're pushing forward with the most groups in the history of our church, which is amazing. So, listen, there are eight new crews launching for you to choose from. That means eight leaders, eight people that say, hey, I want to help you build this year. I want to help you build your life. I want to help you build relationally, spiritually, everything. It's gonna, and so, like, there's, there's eight groups launching, which is amazing. Um, but I'm actually most excited for one group uh, this launch. Like, I'm excited for the rest of y'all. Uh, but one group I'm super excited that we're launching, uh, again, for the first time in our church, um, we're launching a youth group. So th this group is specifically for high school, junior high kids, 13 to, to 17, um, just teenagers that are going to come into relationship and experience the love of Jesus. And I met with the leaders this week, um, and I met with them again before everything went down. But I also think that was God's timing. Because I think if things happened earlier, I might have been like, oh, let's just wait. We'll just, we'll just wait. We'll just wait a year. But the thing is, God said build. He said build knowing full well what was coming next. And so is it going to make every single one of our crews a little more difficult? Maybe. But we're not stopping we're going forward, we're going we're gonna to build, and we're going to innovate. And I believe for groups, and I'm just going to speak prophetically over our youth group right now, I'm believing that there are teens in this church, and specifically teens in St. Albert that aren't even a part of this church, that are going to experience the love of Jesus in this group. And so you can pray for that group, you can clap for that group, but here's something that you can do for yourself. Join a group. Every single person in this church, join a group. Because there's, there's new leaders, there's new opportunities to get connected, to, to actually go further with God. We need to get plugged in. You're saying, Harrison, I don't know what's happening next. It's okay. With Jesus in control, we can always move forward. That's the point. Look what he says next. He continues, Jeremiah 29, verse 6. He says, marry and have sons and daughters. Find your wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. What does he say? Do not decrease. One of the very first things that we do in times of turmoil or trouble is that we begin to not look forward. And we only think internally and we only think in our own generation. Meaning, what can I do for myself right now? That's called survival mode. God is not calling us to survive. God is calling us to thrive. And what we need to do is we need to stop just thinking about this generation. We need to stop just thinking about 2021, 2022. We need to start to look to the future and say there are kids, grandkids, sons, daughters that need to know the hope of Jesus. And the truth is culture, the world, everything else is not stopping, is not slowing down. So why should I? Why should we? So I want you to write this one down. The future is always built in the present. The future is always built in the present. So 
Don't just think about this generation. Don't just think about, think about literally what can I do today that is going to make an impact for the future? What can I sow into today? Because what does he say? He says, build houses, plant gardens, right? Planting gardens is long term. So what are some seeds that I can plant today? What are some things I can do today that can begin to sow into the future? Fear always makes us, it cripples us, and it makes us not look outside of ourselves. That's why the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, because fear cripples. And the biggest thing that fear does is it gets us caught in the past, caught not moving forward. And I want to encourage you, maybe you don't realize the spirit of fear that you have because you've masked it with something else. But one of the markers of the spirit of fear is this idea of I always want to go back. God's not calling us back, he's calling us forward. And so what I want to do for us is I want to begin to sow seeds today. I want us to begin to win people to Jesus today. Some of us in Harrison, well, how do I do that? Where do I start? The famous preacher, John Wesley, um, he said it like this. He said, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles around to watch you burn. So you want to build today? Light yourself on fire for Jesus, for the gospel. If you don't know Jesus in the gospel, well, I'll, I'll actually tell you this. If you're not on fire, you don't understand the gospel because there's only one response to the gospel of Jesus and it's to be on fire. And so John Wesley says, light yourself on fire and people will come from miles around to watch you burn. Can I tell you something though? What the enemy wants to do as well is the enemy wants to light you on fire as well with passion, but passion for the wrong thing. And so we got a generation of people on fire, but what are you on fire for? Come on, scroll through your feed. What are you on fire for? What do you post about? Every single conversation you have, what is, what is it surrounding? What the enemy wants to do is the enemy wants to light us on fire to divide us. Because a divided people and a divided church is actually rendered useless. It is only in unity that the spirit of the Lord dwells. And the only thing that unifies us is the gospel. And so what the enemy wants to do is to plant seeds to trick us to light us on fire for the wrong things. I'll tell you a quick story because I'm going over time. Uh, this is a true story. It happened in 2017, I believe, in Texas. Um, there was two groups of people, um, and they both came from Facebook groups that were built. Uh, and one Facebook group was called the Heart of Texas. And the Heart of Texas was all about guns, separation, freedom, and it was really kind of targeted toward the ultra-right. Now, around this same time, another Facebook group came up um, called the United Muslims of America. And what this group was all about was equality, uh, kind of more, more leftist inclusion kind of things, whatever it may be. And so these two groups had two Facebook pages that were created. And on the same day, at the same time, both Facebook groups, um, an event was created for a peaceful protest. And so what happened for this protest was that both groups ended up going to the same place at the same time to protest. What they were protesting, no one's really sure. But all that happened was that they got into contact with each other. And very quickly, things turned south and things turned violent and people were injured, hurt, all of that stuff. What happened, and this is the part I want you to see, is upon review and investigation, what they found out was that both Facebook groups were created by the same person. And it was a Russian group bent on destruction of America. 
And so what they found out was that these Russians spent $200 on Facebook ads, and they were able to cause a riot thousands of miles away in America. This is the exact same tactic that the devil uses. America using it as a metaphor for the strongest power on earth. How do you defeat the strongest power on earth? You divide it from within. In the spiritual sense, the strongest entity on earth is the church of God. The devil only has one way to stop it. It's not from the outside. It's from the inside. And so what he wants to do, and he's using Facebook ads as well. He wants to get you caught in your own algorithm where you only see the same things all the time. And you become so obsessed with a certain viewpoint that you cannot see anyone else's viewpoint. And what happens is we end up in the same place at the same time, Facebook, YouTube, and it's World War III. And for a lot of us, we've been on fire for the wrong things. I am making an appeal to us as a church to burn again, but to burn for the gospel of Jesus. Because the gospel of Jesus unites us when the enemy is trying to divide us. So let's get on mission and say, in this next year, we're going all in for Jesus. We're building for Jesus. I'm building into myself. I'm going to work intentionally at community. I'm going to work intentionally at reading my Bible, praying. I'm going to make it a commitment to come to church. I get it. Two out of every four weeks is amazing. But the devil works 24-7. So you don't just need church, actually, you need community, you need people that know your number, and you need things every single day, because otherwise you're going to war naked. In the context of building, you're going to build a house with a, with a Fisher Price set. When you need some nails, when you need a hammer, and you need to begin to build your house on the firm foundation that is Jesus. And so Jeremiah 29, 8 it says, this is what the God, the Lord Almighty says, do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. I'm gonna tell you something, church, you will always hear what you want to hear. But the gospel of Jesus is very often the exact opposite of what you want to hear. And so if every single thing always that you feel and believe, you think that agrees with Jesus, I would encourage you to look again. And I would encourage you to ask yourself, Am I, are these a self-fulfilling prophecy? Or is this what God's actually calling me to do? So let's burn for the right things. And I, I know in this church, we have entrepreneurs, we have business people. And I know COVID didn't stop you, you move forward. And so my appeal to you is different. My appeal to you is, hey, the same way you move forward last year for yourself, let's move forward this year for the kingdom of Jesus. Let's be innovative for the kingdom of Jesus. Let's do new things to reach people for Jesus because we're building this year. It's the year to build. Come on, somebody. And here's the last thing, and here's the absolute reason we here at Kingdom Church need to build. Jeremiah 29, 7. He says, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord because if it prospers, you too will prosper. There's no version of the church that curses the world. We bless the world. We make it a better place. God has not called us here for no reason. We are in St. Albert for a reason, and it's to bless this place. And when the, when the city prospers, we prosper. 
I'll tell you something. There's a reason we follow the restrictions. It's really simple. It's not because of my personal feelings. It's because I want to bless the city. And I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I think is right. But if someone comes from the city into this place, I want to bless them. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. Because the gospel of Jesus, Paul says to the Jews, I become a Jew. To the Gentiles, I become a Gentile. Why? So I can win more people. My mindset this year is I'm going to do whatever it takes to win more people. So I'm personally repenting for all of the things I've done that I've focused on the wrong things. I'm trying to build my kingdom. I'm done with that. I'm building Jesus' kingdom. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. And if it's uncomfortable, if it goes against what I want to do, I don't really care. The whole gospel goes against what I want to do. I'm here to bless a city. We're here to bless a city. And this is just the beginning. And so listen, you need to understand one exciting thing I'm announced right now. Christmas in St. Albert, it's back on. We're doing it again. And we're going to go to the Arden Theater and we're going to bless the city. And guess what? If it gets canceled, speak Lord. Tell us what to do, but we're putting plans in place because God's calling us to build. So we got, we got six more weeks of this, at least five weeks, four weeks. We'll see where it goes. Because I want to talk about building. I want to talk about building your life. I want to talk about building a vision, building your future, building a foundation. And next week, we're going to talk about building your church. And we're going to look back at all that God has done in this church, in this last year, in the last three years, and the faithfulness from the past is going to bring us hope in the future. So listen. I'm believing, and I said it before, I don't know what it's going to look like or how it's going to come to pass, but this is going to be the best year in the history of our church. And so I want to encourage you, let's build today. I have a really simple appeal, one thing you can do today, join a group. It's a great place to start, join a group and see where God takes you. See what happens, because I know this to be true. The people that I have found to be the firmest over the last year are the ones that are connected. And the ones that are disconnected are the ones that are always going back and forth, because nothing roots them. So I want to encourage you, get rooted. There's so many groups. We're going to have signups in a moment. Um, but let's just, let's just stand for a second. I want to pray over us. Jesus, I just thank you for this vision that you've given us, God. And I just pray um, that we are able to build this year, Lord. Um, I pray for just a blessing over these next number of weeks as we just get even more practically into what that means to build, God. I pray for every single one of our groups, Lord. Um, you know the, the challenges. You know um, just everything that's going to happen, God. So I pray a blessing over every group, over every leader. Um, I pray, Lord, that these groups are places where people find community and hope and freedom. So God, I just thank you so much for what you're going to do. And the, 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 the seeds that we're planting, God, I pray that a great harvest would come from it. Um, thank you so much for today, for this church, we pray. In your name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We hope that message encouraged and inspired you. If you want more information, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We'd love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.